Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. I'm interested to hear who you think the target audience for this is and how this film is going to age. Well, and I'm going to preface this with this because I may say, yeah, it's making fun of Gen Z. It's making fun of young people as if I am not a young person. Now I realize I am not Gen Z. I am a millennial. I am 33 years old. And <laughs> I am absolutely part of the group that is being made fun of in this right. movie. I mean... I, Regardless of your age, I think if you are a part of Twitter culture, you are being attacked in this film. But I think a part of my enjoyment comes from the fact that, yeah, I can see some of my own behaviors in these characters and still laugh at it and also laugh at myself because the movie's not wrong. (laughs) No, it's true. I feel like unless you watch this movie and you feel like these people are totally fucking annoying, you're probably going to feel mildly attacked by this movie. Yes, but I also think that if you are just finding them incredibly annoying, you're correct because that's the point. But I worry Mm -hmm. that if you limit yourself to that statement, you are missing on a lot of the satire in this movie. Yeah, it's interesting because I've seen a few people talk about this movie as something where you can just watch it inherently on the surface and kind of say, all right, I'm watching these kids Spoiler alert for everyone. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Do you recommend this movie, Joe? (laughs) Okay. I am a mild recommend. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. Okay. I am... I'm not in the love field, but I'm in the I really fucking liked this field. So <laughs> You liked it enough to put a fuck on it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, and this is my second time watching it. I did catch it South by back in March. And that was a viewing where I had no idea what to expect. I didn't even know what the mm-hmm. movie was, except that I knew that a lot of our peers were excited about it. Right. So I snagged a last minute ticket to get into this movie because I wasn't reviewing it. Um, So I had to like, you know, wait in line for an hour to go see it. And... I'm not knowing anything about it. I had a lot of fun with it. And I'm glad I saw it that way. But I was worried about how the film was going to play when I already knew the ending. So, right. dare I say, I actually enjoyed this more on a rewatch because when my brain... Well, okay, so yeah, um, we both my, re- recommend <laughs> it. Um, here's a spoiler. <laughs> knowing that there is no initial murder in this movie and my brain mm-hmm. wasn't occupied with trying to figure out the whodunit right i was able to really sit back and enjoy the script a lot more mm-hmm. yeah because this is a very acerbic very witty very dialogue heavy movie in mm-hmm. ways that i think some people may have left the theater feeling unsatisfied and i know that you you tried to preemptively caution folks that this is not a slasher which of course the marketing makes it seem like it is because they're trying to get them butts in seats but at the end of the day yeah this is very firmly a whodunit and of course at the end of the day it's not even really that because it's more like a they dumb stupid done it this movie is a personification of twitter culture to me like Every character in this movie, I'm like, oh, I know that one. I know that one. I know that one. But at the end of the day, and I know that some people might feel like the ending is anticlimactic because, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Davidson accidentally kills himself while trying to show off his machismo by opening Mm. a champagne bottle with this fucking machete knife. Right. 
But again, to me, I'm just like, well, this movie is just like, it's someone says something on Twitter, maybe it's innocuous, and they are misinterpreted, and then everyone piles onto them, and it becomes a big fight, it becomes a big scuffle, people start attacking each other, then they start bringing in their own traumas, and it becomes a trauma competition, and it's all over nothing. (laughs) Yes. So taking a step back, because I realize that you and I talk about Twitter quite a lot on these episodes to the point where I think we've actually had offline conversations about whether we're doing it too often. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, does this movie make sense to people who are not engaged heavily in social media or does it just play differently that's and you know what i don't really have an answer for you joe because i think that's where you then that depends on can you enjoy this movie on a surface level if you're not looking at the satire or subtext in it because that would be how you would have to watch it and i don't know Okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm I'm pushing back on that because I absolutely think that if you're not on Twitter, you can still get the satire of this movie. This is mm. not a movie about Twitter. This is a movie about false friends and how people don't trust each other. But like at the end of the day, there's nothing about this movie that is inherently tied into social media except for the early parts of the film when they're all on their phones. Yeah, I mean, I guess really, I mean, I'm saying Twitter culture, because that's how I see a lot of this stuff play out. Mm -hmm. But it could also just be I mean, just, yeah, it's it's a generation as a whole or a large group of people. (laughs) 